Welcome to Cinebabble, episode 30. As always, I am your host, Ken, and this is my intrepid co-host, Clint. Clint, say hello to the world. Hi, world. I'm here. I'm intrepid, apparently. Intrepid. <laughs> I try to come up with a new adjective every week, as if you're the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. But Yeah. yeah. I'm not swinging for many buildings these no. days. Well, the thesaurus only goes so far, but I, <laughs> each week I, I flip through and I'm just like, adjective, adjective, adjective. There it is. Innoculus. You're a regular thesaurus, my friend. <laughs> I appreciate it. I have a question for you this week, Clint. Uh, okay. And I have not prepped you for this question. I'll, okay, I'll do my best to answer Good. it. So I know, and anyone that's listened to this podcast for any length of time knows, that you have an issue with the word content. Yes. You yeah. you do not like when when film or, or other pieces of art are referred to as content. I assume because content is something you consume. Yeah, and it's kind of, I don't know, diminishes it in some way, just okay. makes it feel disposable. So how do I, the intrepid consumer, uh, oh, intrepid too. <laughs> how do I figure out the difference between content and art? That's that's my question for you. I was really thinking about it. Bo Burnham Inside got me going because he has the one song about, uh, you know, I made you some content. And I get what he's doing. He's He's accentuating the fact that you can just throw something up online and suddenly it's content and people will just gobble it down. Right. Yeah. And and he's he's kind of shining a light on the fact that, hey, not all content is created equal. Right. Um, you know, so so where do you draw that line, content and art? One thing I think about sometimes is when it's made by committee. Oh. If it's made by so I, and I think the Marvel stuff goes a little bit beyond it, but don't, think, don't you bring Marvel into this. I'm just using an example. I and I think you. it is to a degree art, but I think it's made by this group and it's made to be consumed and it's made to be a product that can be transformed into toys and things. And that makes me feel like it's a little bit okay. of a of content. I see what you're saying because there's a product line and every movie, even if you have a filmmaker, a, a legitimate artist at the helm, right. at some point they still have restrictions based on other content that they might run into, other films, other series. Right. And the same thing with like what you're saying about Bo Burnham, I think mm -hmm. about like with things online that it's made to like just attract attract um, subscribers and mm -hmm. just get eyes on it. And I feel like that's content. Okay. I feel like when there's an individual voice behind it, I feel like that's more of an art form where mm -hmm. there's something in there that's needing to be said. And there's a blurred line between those things. Well, sometimes. and there's subjective and objective because for me, art has to be kind of several different things all at once. It has to be entertaining to some degree. It has, well, entertaining I, is the yeah. wrong word, engaging. Yeah. It has to engage you at a level that whether you're looking at it, consuming it, watching it, whatever it is, it's it's doing something intellectually with you where it's it's drawing your interest in. Right. And I think that's a big part of that subjectivity. You know, for for some people, some of the art films you love uh, would just put them to sleep, but it engages your brain. Right. And yeah. so, you know, for you, that's art. Somebody else may look at it and just be like, this is the worst content I've ever seen. Right. Find no substance to yeah. it at all and just meaningless. But Whereas you can go and see Transformer 7 and you're sitting there just thinking what am I even watching right now? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, when it gets down that far down a line where yeah, that is just a product. At that Fast point. and the Furious 9? Oh, yeah. Aren't you go, you're not, you're not going to go see it? <laughs> I think there's like eight that I've missed. So here's, here's where I knew the Fast and the Furious uh, had swerved off course. Uh -huh, pun, I just realized. <laughs> uh, 
I looked at my son, my 16-year-old son who loves cars, mm-hmm. wants to tune his car and do all kinds of stuff to his car. I don't understand this language of cars he's speaking. Yeah. But he looked at me and I'm like, do you want to go see Fast and Furious 9? Because I was going to swallow it and just like, you know, take my kid to a movie he's obviously going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And he immediately looked disappointed in me. And he was like, <laughs> those movies aren't about cars anymore. <laughs> and I was like, what? He yeah. said, yeah, they have cars, yeah. but they're not. A, but I was watching my son essentially just take what used to be car movie mm-hmm. uh, series and just completely dismiss it and look at me as if I had you failed fool. him. I was offering him content instead of the the art he craved. Right. Yeah. Those are just superhero movies at this point. Okay. Yeah. Well, and one of the reasons that was really on my mind is, is we'll get to later. We're reviewing Black Widow this episode. Spoilers. And, uh, spoilers. But... That that was that was on my mind throughout because I think mm. I suspect you and I will have very different takes on Black Widow. I'm very curious. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. Okay. For now, what you've been watching, Clint? Um, I feel like I've watched a lot of things this past week, and a lot of them I don't really need to talk about. So I'm going to just narrow it down to one okay. thing. Okay. Um, and this could be arguably something that falls into what we're talking about, Okay. and also uh, maybe also doesn't need to be talked about. But <laughs> okay. So I watched Tomorrow War uh, on Amazon. This is a perfect movie to talk about content versus art. Yeah. I, um, I with, love you right now. <laughs> <laughs> with Chris Pratt, mm-hmm. um, who is the star of this feature mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. And it is about basically there's soldiers sent from the future to our current time who are told there is this war in the future with aliens. And we're going to basically enlist you to come to the future and fight these with us. And so Chris Pratt is this scientist and he is um, – uh, chosen to go on this mission because of course he is of course he is of course. i mean of course he's a scientist mm-hmm. and he was a marine so mm-hmm. he's the total package for this event yeah. yeah yeah it's like will smith and jeff goldblum all in one here comes some aliens <laughs> let's independence day this yeah exactly <laughs> so did you watch this film i did watch this film yeah i have a very unpopular opinion of this film on our uh Cinebabble instagram page which has Loads of content, by the way. Uh, I'll say that. No, that's art. That is true. I, I posted this. Uh, it was it was it was essentially a. I may be wrong, but mm-hmm. and then I used the exact same picture, and the second time it just had meh spelled across <laughs> it. <laughs> and then the third one was Watch Edge of Tomorrow instead. Um, and for or... me, and and I could have put eighty other movies, yeah. on that third frame because. Tomorrow War so reminded me. It it felt like committees probably strong, but just a group of people who love other alien invasion movies and other time travel mm-hmm. movies and just wanted to make their version of it. Right. Uh, because this really feels like cliche heaped upon cliche. Oh, totally. I mean, Independence Day is there. Yeah. For me, it was Alien and Terminator smashed together. Yeah. Yeah. Like, totally. Like, I mean... <laughs> I honestly didn't have that big of a problem with this film because mm-hmm. it, there are actually some okay action sequences yeah, in it. Yeah. I did find the like the aliens are over the top. Like they looked good. They looked as, as far oh, as the FX. Yeah, they looked fine, um, but they just they're just like okay. What about aliens? But we have 
like a billion of them, and the Earth is overrun. And they by have them. little whippy tails that yeah, shoot they're just, projectiles. They're and, so over the top. Yeah. yeah, they're projectile shooting, like just oh yeah. For, for me, this this film had a problem on the alien front with uh, it. Just it it wanted all things. It wanted a very mm-hmm animalistic alien but at the same time it wanted intelligence and quiet place does this perfectly uh perfectly strong but (laughs) it it builds this idea of these animalistic aliens they don't come on this ship they're you know it's it's more of a a crash meteorite kind of thing and but the whole thing is built around not that they're entirely mindless but these are animals Mm -hmm. they're hunting this well, seemed to want that, but it also seemed to want a lot of other things, too. Yeah. And, and I, I don't mind either way. It's just if something's going to be intelligent enough to make... I don't think they made the ships. I maybe. think they said that they were like a bioweapon, basically. But, see, but even that, that was just like, so aliens. Right. That's my point. Like, yeah. I'm not saying it's good, but that's how they were getting yeah. around it, how they got there. But also, like, they tried to, like, smart their way around, like, the whole time travel thing mm-hmm. and, like, making paradoxes and things. Yeah. But, like, the whole thing is, like, uh, this might be a bit of a spoilers, but, like, the whole thing is that they're going back and taking people who have died before this 30-year yeah. war. And... In that time frame, if you're taking people, you're still going to be causing ripples because the lives- They still of, live for a certain amount of time. Right. And those lives that they lived in that time, in that time frame are still going to affect mm-hmm. other things. So it's like, it's not a, an easy out that answers that question. And yeah. it really bothered me. Yeah. Um, I mean, like the father-daughter relationship was okay, but I mean, that's Terminator. And it's just, it was just a lot of things smashed together and- I wouldn't say it's a good movie, but I mean, this was a hundred dollar, hundred million dollar movie. It was like, was it a hundred million dollar movie or 200 million? I think it was 200 million. It was, it was very pricey. And I mean, it looks, it looks solid. Yeah. Uh, Chris Pratt is adorable. He's charming. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's it's got good people in it. Like Sam Richardson's really good as the comedic, like relief in it not to keep dragging army of the dead back to it but i enjoyed it far more than army of the dead oh yeah me too uh it 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 had heart it had some good humor Mm -hmm. um and it had some fun side characters so it wasn't like it was a waste of time that's why it was it was a meh for me because i i enjoyed elements of it yeah me too but as it all came together i just it it again came back to one of these things where uh, I keep coming back to you saying committee because that's it felt like how do we take two hundred million dollars and make a four hundred million dollar movie right and it it feels like something that's manufactured to elicit certain responses from yeah. me like oh here's your cry moment oh here's your edge mm-hmm. of your seat moment oh here's your and I never felt like I was watching an organic story or that I was being yeah. led along a new path or or even an interesting old path. I just felt like I was I was being just kind of tugged along like oh here's where you get excited. Oh, here's right. where you you don't know what's going on. Oh, here's where you're surprised. And I never was quite any of the things it wanted me to be. Yeah, and I felt that same thing with the things they were referencing because yeah. it's like okay, here's your Terminator moment, here's yeah. your Alien moment, here's your uh Independence Day moment. So I just like I was seeing all the things that they've smashed together and put it in a hat and drew the the names and then so i couldn't really enjoy it for just being its own thing other than being able to enjoy some of the action sequences and my um like willingness to 
I mean, I like Chris Pratt fine. He's fine. My love. Fine. He's fine. <laughs> well, here's one thing. <laughs> and I know I probably said this at one, um, uh, some of his other action movies came out, but for, right now we're watching through Parks and Rec. Uh-huh. So I still cannot get past him being Andy Dwyer. <laughs> and it's like, what? It's been like 10 years. Yeah. And it's still, like, it's just now I just see Andy Dwyer acting serious, and it's, it's I can't get over it. I, when I'm not enjoying something Chris Pratt is in, yeah. I just pretend that it's one of Andy Dwyer's daydreams. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> not his, not his Burt Macklin, mm-hmm. uh, you it's know, like, agent, but it's just one of his other fantasies. It's like when all the people in that episode are over for, like, the um, tallying of the votes for yeah. Leslie, yeah. and he, the TV's broken, and he's acting out, like, all of Die Hard. Yep. And that's, yeah, that's yep. What I imagine. Yeah, I just I, I keep picturing it cutting away, and and with April, he's yeah. he's saying things, you know. Oh, and then and then these aliens, and they're running down the steps, and yeah. oh, we're shooting. <laughs> so, uh, if ever you're not enjoying a Chris Pratt movie, there mm. you go. I just gave you the solution. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I just this for me, and and I think. I think for some people, the people that really enjoy Fast and Furious 9, Transformers yeah. 7, uh, this kind of thing, there there is something about remixing where you have familiar and, and cozy, comfortable elements. Mm-hmm. And for some people, that's what they want. I think they just want a remixing of things I'm familiar with. Don't make me think too hard. Don't make me cry too hard. Just give me something I can superficially enjoy. I don't, I don't have to engage with it at a deeper level and for others. And and that's kind of your art film crowd or, or moving towards your art film crowd. I think they're, they're typically people that are hungry for something new, something original. Give that's me something, even if it's, even if it's a remix of familiar elements, give me something that, that just puts a twist on it. Or yeah, what's gives your me, take on it? You know, something above that. Give me the reason why you're doing yeah. this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just get so bored and it's just like, why, why are we doing this again? Yeah. And I mean, not the, I don't know. I'm not. Gonna... Well, I, th- I think that's why those two groups of people end up arguing and sort of despising each other because the people who just like the remix are upset that the art film crowd can't just be happy with mm-hmm. something they enjoy. And the art film crowd, uh, makes the wrong mistake because they they describe things in a way that makes the the casual crowd feel like you're you're just saying I'm stupid. You're saying yeah. I just like stupid things, so I must be stupid. And it's it's all just these subjective tastes. It's it's what you're looking for in essentially your entertainment, how you want to be engaged and whether you just want to consume something and enjoy it because it gives you what you were looking for or you want to consume something in a way that that really kind of hit some other senses and and I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm working all this out in my head <laughs> as we speak. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. Yeah. Sometimes. Of course you, of course, <laughs> of course you do, Clint. Why would oh, I not? Silly Clint. Why you don't I? disagree. <laughs> We're on the same page all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, and I waffle. Most of the time I'm looking for something to really engage me, if, especially if I'm, I mean, there's times I'm not like I'm watching Parks and Rec again for the fourth time, but there's times where if I'm going to devote two hours and two and a half hours to this Mm -hmm. thing, uh, sometimes I'm hoping for just maybe give, throw me a curveball, show me something new, give me a reason why we're doing another time travel alien movie. And, And I mean, it can also be dumb fun, but also in there, there can be things mixed in that are pushing things forward a little bit. Yeah. All right. 
What you been watching about? <laughs> I uh, I haven't watched much better. I can tell you that right now. I watched Fear uh, Street 1994 on Netflix. Have you seen these pop up? I have, but I have no idea what they're about. Okay. Let yeah. me let me give you this. So you watched Stranger Things, right? I did. You enjoyed Stranger Things, I do. right? Yeah. Okay. You do enjoy Stranger Things. I still. You know how lovable and likable the kids are? Yeah. It Chapter One, same exact thing. It's got this really good cast of kids. Mm. Fear Street 1994, and then it's it's prequel. Part two's out right now. Part three's on the way. Part two is, I think, 1984 or something like that. Is it one like 1966 or something? Or 1666 is the third one. It's it's going backwards through the story. Yeah. Okay, that's clever. So 1994 and 1984 are the ones that are out so far. Mm -hmm. If you took the Stranger Thing kids Mm -hmm. and you made them awful people that are just unbearable, Mm -hmm. just horrible characters sounds good terrible so far. people it right <laughs> right hear me out this is my content pitch uh, if you made them as unlikable as possible and you made sure every single one of them was unlikable then you made them hyper aggressive towards each other you built in weird conflicts between two schools where they're like near ready to murder each other over school pride or mm-hmm. whatever else camp pride whatever uh, and then you hypersexualize them to weird, awkward levels. Mm-hmm. And then you decide, you know what? Let's let's push the envelope some more. That's these movies. And and I'm in. they <laughs> they are they're supposed to be these nostalgic throwback to supernatural slashers. Yeah. And they they do do some of that uh, quite well. Mm-hmm. And there's 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 some solid ghosting and, and some solid really solid effects and kills and and the things the horror crowd looks for. If you're one of those gore hounds, mm-hmm. uh, you would absolutely I'm sure love this uh, because uh, you just want to see these people die and and they certainly are going to die. But oh, Clint, yeah. I just the characters, Clint. Hmm. I just need people I like. Yeah. Even if I don't agree with them, even if they're not that likable, mm-hmm. I need to want to spend two hours with them if I'm going to watch these people for two hours. If you make them so unlikable, I don't even want to watch them. Right. Ugh. I mean, I could appreciate if something, there's some unlikable characters and maybe there's some change and redemption sure. as things sure. go. Or the opposite where there's somebody yeah. who's a... Uh, the sweetheart of the crew and then they turn dark or whatever there's change there's got to be yeah. progression but like starting off where everyone's awful and ends yeah. awful doesn't sound fun and stranger things i think does that really well yeah. i mean especially in season one there's entire character arcs that take people to to, to entirely different places than where they start and where the, you expect them to end up right and and this is just dripping with stranger things these mm. would not exist at least not in the style that they are without Stranger Things. It, yeah. it feels like let's tap into that Stranger Things popularity and the throwback nostalgia and let's gore it up and, and just give the kids what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And again, you may be one of those kids. God bless you. Uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy when somebody gets their head shoved through a meat slicer. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a hypothetical. That, that looked too real. But anyway. Appetizing? It was not appetizing, oh, okay. but uh, you know, if if you're gorehound, you would enjoy it. I I would be shocked if you enjoyed it, Clint. But you know, I was semi curious about it, but You'll, I was also just like, little... if you don't enjoy it within the first half hour, honestly, shut it off. Yeah, it it does not. It gets more aggressive. Yeah, after the first half hour, and I'm not I'm not talking about the violence. I'm just talking about these weird teenage kids and how 
aggressively angry and bitter they are towards each other. It's hmm. it's they're the angriest teens I've seen on television or movies in a long time. Hmm. I mean, there's a lot of things on Netflix where I just scroll on by because I'm not sure because they just they're throwing stuff up there constantly, so I just don't know the quality of any of it. Yeah. So it's got to have somebody attached to it that I'm into that might be a gateway for me to watch yeah. it, but like. A lot of it, I just like, I don't know what that is. I'm not going to put two hours of my life into it right now. The other thing I watched is this new movie called Till Death. Mm. And Till Death is this genuinely suspenseful little thriller. And it's it's got kind of a, a, a cat and mouse, a very clever cat and mouse. It's overwritten. Uh, there's no way this could actually happen in real life. It's one of those. Mm. But at the same time, it does just enough where it really keeps you genuinely edge of your seat yeah um here's my problem okay it stars megan fox uh-huh and i have a question for you okay are you ready uh, yeah is megan fox actually an actress hmm i feel like <laughs> <laughs> i feel like watching her she's surrounded by other good performers in this and i just and and i've had this issue with her before yeah i always feel like she is so one note yeah and in this, even in her panic or in, in her distress, or I just, I see her trying. Mm -hmm. I just, I never buy her as a real human being in the situations that she's in. And I, I don't know why yeah. Clint is Megan Fox an actress or. Yeah, she's uh, an actress, but I mean, there's a level to where how good <laughs> of an actress she is. I honestly can't name a movie. Maybe. Um, this is 40. She, you know, the Judd Apatow film. She was in that? Yeah, for a second. Like oh, okay. she worked at like his office or oh, something, okay. um, Paul Rudd's. Um, but honestly, I can't name anything I've liked her in. And that doesn't mean there is something out there. I just have not. She was she was in the the first two or, or maybe just the first one Transformers movies. Yeah. But they really could have listed her in the credits as girl who bends over car. Right. Because I mean, you know why was, she was hired. She was there. It was in the trailer. And really, that was the extent to which. Yeah. You know, and, and she did OK in that movie. But it was just it was one of those things where I, I feel like even in this movie, I feel like this person has been cast because they're Megan Fox mm -hmm. and they have a certain look not because they're going to be the best person to play this character. And and maybe maybe there is somewhere where she's Well, I mean, maybe uh, she's like really nice to work with. Maybe? Because like, I know Not according to Michael Bay. Well, but Michael then, Bay seems like he's a pretty awful person. Exactly. <laughs> so like maybe there's a clash there, but maybe yeah. like I know a lot of people probably do get jobs because yeah. I mean, they're probably a fine actor, but they also are really easy to work with. They're on time. You and know. She, does, she does a fine job. Yeah. It's it's not bad. It's just the whole time, uh, you know, I was I was thinking of other of other actresses that would just be like smeared makeup, crying, freaking out, but still believably yeah. coming up with solutions. And and that's what she's doing. Mm -hmm. But it, it just it never felt like I wasn't watching someone play that part right. rather than be that person. Hmm. So, but uh, honestly, kind of worth a watch. Yeah, I, I wouldn't pay for it again. I think did I paid, you pay for it? It was like six bucks or something. Oh, okay. It's one of those early access rentals, but six bucks. Who cares? But it'll probably be free in a couple of months. Uh, it's it's worth watching because the the story was decent, and I, I liked its version of cat and mouse. I, I didn't enjoy her performance, but watching it, 
I wanted to keep watching to find out, okay, how does this end and, mm-hmm. and what's actually being set up here and, and how is it going to get convoluted or does it just continue to, uh, you know, be more and more of, of kind of a bear trap that's being set for this person. Mm-hmm. And so it, it kept my interest um, and only got vaguely over the top at the end. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. No spoilers, just vaguely I'm not over the worried top. about it. I will not watch this film. Oh, well. <laughs> then I have wasted my time. <laughs> but that's, well, somebody out there might listen and uh, want to watch it. Basically, all I've been watching. Uh, so let's let's move into our two reviews for today. Uh, we are going to cover Black Widow, which just hit theaters and Disney Plus, and we're going to cover Werewolves Within, which you can watch on Amazon. I believe you can rent. Yeah, I don't I think, think it's anywhere else. It's yeah. also an early access. Yeah, but it's like but six dollars. Six dollars. Before um, we get too deeply into those, but this ties into, um, well, into Tomorrow War and Werewolves Within. Okay. Um, I this is my just tag it on the end. What you watching? <laughs> okay. But the second season of um, I think you should leave on Netflix came out, and this is a comedy series by um, Tim Robinson. Tim Robinson mm-hmm. and Sam Richardson is yeah. in it too. And I cannot tell you, it's been so long since I've laughed so hard that I cannot breathe. The first season's very funny. The first season is very good. Is the second season funnier? The first episode, I, me and Jenny were dying. Oh, wow. It's some of the funniest stuff I've seen in a while. And it's consistently funny throughout. But they front loaded that first episode very <laughs> smartly. But throughout, it's very okay. funny, and I highly re- recommend if you want to get some chuckles out. I will watch definitely this. watch it before we record uh, two weeks from now. Yeah, and they're and, fifteen uh, six episodes, fifteen minutes each. Yeah. It's a quick watch. I've been spacing them out because I enjoy it so much. Yeah. But going into werewolves, um, where I mean, where into uh, werewolves within. Um, it's just a little tied into that. But okay. Yeah, it's it's worth watching. Okay. So, on to the reviews. All right. Well, let's <laughs> let's start with Black Widow. I went to the theater to see Black Widow. You did. You you watched it on Disney Plus. Well, I did both because I watched it in the theater that morning. My well, I wife can see how this come. review is going to go already. <laughs> <laughs> My wife couldn't come, and so we rented it on Disney Plus later that evening so she could watch it. Uh, but yes, I watched it two times in the span of one day, and. Oh. <laughs> First, let me tell you about my theatrical experience. Okay. The theatrical experience, I went to a Regal Theater. Uh, the one in town? No, down in oh. Dulles. And uh, the the Regal experience, uh, above all, the, the way too long block of trailers has returned. It was probably 25 minutes of trailers, all of which I've seen online already. Yeah. So that was a little obnoxious. But every so often, they would stop and roll a commercial or an ad or a thing with lots of happy Regal employees that were really desperate to tell me how glad they were that I was back in the theater. And and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But if you if you really want to thank me, maybe, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. make popcorn and a soda cost me less than $20. <laughs> that is a real way I'm surprised that not to hate. show your gratitude to I'm, my business. I'm surprised they're not handing it out at this point. Seriously. Like, please, please come. Please. <laughs> Here's but popcorn. Anyway, uh, Black Widow. Black Widow. I went into uh, kind of tepid because Black Widow is not. Uh, it's not that I mind 
the character. I certainly don't mind Scarlett Johansson's performance as the character. I enjoyed her in Infinity War and Endgame and and some other things. But it's it's not like I was excited necessarily yeah. to see a solo Black Widow film. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed myself and found myself weirdly emotional with it. Hmm. Uh, I'm a sucker for found family formed family, forgiven family, whatever it is. That's that's kind of one of my cinema triggers where you want to get me to cry, just take some people that don't get along and then let them get along. Can and... we make that a segment? Can cinema <laughs> triggers? Please. I have several. Uh, the disappointed dad who the son makes proud uh, in the end. That gets me. Uh, that this actually, you know, a little bit of that, but, but there was just something about the emotional beats in this one that connected with me. I, I don't know that it connected with me as much as a, a Marvel film. The thing that I usually go for, mm-hmm. uh, and it, you mean like a main Marvel film? Yeah. It, it, it almost felt like the Disney plus series yeah. where I, I could almost have pictured them breaking this into maybe four episodes and putting it on Disney plus. Yeah. Uh, not that it didn't look bad. There was nothing about it that looks cheap or anything like that uh, necessarily. It just it it had that feeling of let's just spend time with some characters yeah. rather than we have a huge story to tell or something that moves the overall narrative of the Marvel Cinematic Universe forward. Uh, but but I enjoyed it. And then when I sat down the second time, it didn't hit me quite as hard, but I I enjoyed it again. Mm-hmm. What was what was your take on it? Um. Well, I also wasn't super excited about this film just because it felt like, I don't know, there's some of the smaller ones where they don't hit as hard as like the main storyline um, Marvel films. So going in, I was like, I was apprehensive. I was like, I wasn't really planning to go see it in the theater. And I do like Scarlett Johansson a lot and I like the character, but it just never f- totally felt warranted for a standalone one. It kind of felt like it really was being made for just the fans because they've been asking for it so much. And I, but I do agree, like it should be made, but I feel like it should have been a lot easier, like a lot easier for the studio just to have done it years ago. Oh, it should have come. I mean, it takes place after Civil War, which was several films ago. It should have just come out right after Civil War. It would have been a fine little filler yeah. After after that film. So it just kind of like felt like a little too little. Uh, too <laughs> a little, little too little too, too late. late. Yeah. yeah. So I just, uh, but I, I did enjoy it. I mean, I, but I also could really see the structure of a Marvel film yeah. underneath of it. Like we have to hit these beats at these certain points. And I did actually, like you were saying, get kind of emotional at some moments um, because honestly I did, I mean, this is a spoiler for all of Marvel and I mean, where are you if you haven't seen these, honestly? So I forgot that she dies at mm-hmm. the end of, um, the Avenger films. So that was kind of emotional by the end. And yeah. like, I did kind of fall for the found story, mm-hmm. found family storyline, even though I could see the wires underneath of yeah. it being kind of manipulated, but I, a little bit, but I think some of the characters were strong enough and like some of the actors were doing a good job that I fell for it. Well, and and here's my linear experience with the movie. The first time the, the opening segment uh, and just spoilers ahead, obviously Mm -hmm. the opening segment, you get a young black widow and and a young uh, sort of adopted sister in Yelena. 
and you you get to see them straight out of almost like an episode of the americans where yeah, yeah. it's it's this this embedded russian spy family mm-hmm. who are right when you're dropped in you're having to escape but i was really taken with that as an opening yeah it was a very effective opening and it really gave you the background you needed on each character mm-hmm. and it was it was exciting it was not over the top at all i think uh red guardian uh, who's the father? He uses his powers one time, right? Uh, just to, to move, to move something out yeah. of the way, and that just that's just to clue you into, oh, this is a yeah, he's super Steve Rogers yeah. level mm-hmm. super soldier kind of thing. David Harbor, yes. from Stranger yes. Things, what we were talking about. Um, and and so you have this whole opening sequence, and then it moves forward, and it still had me because because now it's it's Natasha kind of getting used to post Civil War and dealing with oh man, all my friends are arguing. And yeah. which is brought uh, up quite a few times. Quite a few times. This is awkward. And somehow the whole world knows the Avengers are fighting, but whatever. Yeah. And so uh then it went into this section that that felt like a Marvel movie, a very rote mm-hmm. kind of generic Marvel movie. And I was really at that time nothing was bad, but I was just thinking to myself, this is going to be really average. Right. The minute it goes to David Harbor in the prison, when Red Guardian comes back in, it was like he brought life back into it. And Yelena's good before that. I really like uh, Florence Pugh, Pugh yeah. as, as Yelena. Mm-hmm. Once she's in it, and then David Harbor's Red Guardian and Rachel Weiss's, uh Melina. Then it just the whole movie started to click, and it wasn't until the very end, where when they're at the red room, that it started to feel Marvel movie again. Yeah. But man, did I love that whole section, especially when they're at the cabin and they're just working out family issues, and you see this really raw family dynamic that's funny, but funny in the right way, where even if your family isn't in that mode or that's not a family that looks like yours, you know those moments. You mm-hmm. know when the when the siblings being a brat, you know how siblings argue, you know when parents are just completely missing that they're they've done something that's hurt the kids and and I loved watching that interplay. I think one thing for me was I I mean I'm not super familiar with Marvel in any mm-hmm. way other outside of the movies. So I it took me a while to I didn't totally pick up on at the beginning that they weren't actually a family. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know they were a forced together family and yeah. they were on this. I knew they were on a mission, but I thought it, they were actually together. That as was a, actually their kids. Yes. Yeah. So it took me a while till, I don't know, some scene of dialogue where then like it was cleared up for me. And so the whole opening scene where they're forced apart and they basically push these kids into like the sex trade or like it i mean it's not it but got it, dark yes but fast yeah i mean it's not but it is it is and so that's, that's definitely what it's alluding yes. to that's the real world issue yeah. that it's that it's playing with it's the idea of these girls being kidnapped and 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 used so and i don't know what point i was that i realized okay these actually um aren't they're not sisters they mm-hmm. weren't their mom and dad but the whole once um David Harbour, his character is brought in as the um what's his name? Red, Red Guardian. Red Guardian. I, I don't <laughs> know if at that point I'm still thinking like, oh, this is their dad still or not. So I was thinking like this, like, why are they getting him out? Yeah. Because even regardless, he's not their real dad, he still sent them back into this horrible situation when he was 
a father figure for the last three years and she was the mother, but um, Rachel Weiss. But so it's just like, you're going to get this guy out of prison. I mean, I just, I still and couldn't. I, I thought that at first, but then they play him as such the lovable bumbling oaf that's yeah. just good hearted despite being, you know, this really kind of cold and heartless spy that that I think they just still genuinely had affection for this guy, and they they didn't ever see him as this like they're mad at him. But wouldn't you really be a little like you're that? I would be. You're that young, and you're I would basically be. father. The only father yes. you've really had yes. since you into the sex trade when he had a chance yes. to not. But Clint, I am not a mind altered, genetically superior uh, super spy that from birth. <laughs> has been raised to infiltrate and, and execute people. And so I, how do I know? It's just, you know, he was he was a pawn. That's what they needed. They broke him out. I mean, Florence Pugh, her character as um, Alexi. No, Yelena. Yeah. I mean, she didn't know anything else. Yeah. Like, she didn't even remember. I mean, she was three, basically. Yeah. So, I mean. It was real to her. It was her real childhood. to her. So, like, still, I, I don't maybe. know. I feel like you would just hold a lot more resentment. Maybe. I don't know. But. Yeah. Then you also have to think as those characters, hey, plot, and we need to <laughs> we need to get this story. Oh rolling. yeah, we need to get on to the yeah, second got, act of this film. We got the, so we got to forgive him. The screenwriting gods have dictated <laughs> that we have enough forgiveness for our father figure that we can get this story going. Did but the did. movie feel like a two hour and seventeen minute movie to you? Because I thought it felt like an hour and a half. Yeah, it didn't feel as and long as I was as surprised I... that it was as long as it was. Yeah. But then watching it the second time, like they really do spend a lot of time. It's hard to find the three-act structure mm. that, that you would normally see because they spend so much time in these character moments. I, I just I thought the character moments were better than the, the movie overall. But I, I felt like the character moments and the performances and the fun of it really uh, moved it along and, and kind of held it up when it would have just been generic. Yeah. yeah. I kind of had some of the same issues I had even with t um, Tomorrow War mm -hmm. where I could see the things they were referencing. Like there was a lot of Bourne movies in there. Yeah. And so that would take me out of it. It's like, oh, they're even doing a fight with found objects right now. Um, but I mean, I and they're doing a motorcycle chase down these crowded streets. I mean, they're exciting and it's fun to watch, but it's just like I was like uh, really paying attention to that. I mean, overall, I, I did. I, I had fun with it, but I don't think I would put it on my top of my of the Marvel films. My hope coming out of it is I feel like they're experimenting with what if we took the Marvel formula and actually commented on real world issues. Yeah. And I they didn't go far enough with it. I agree. But that's okay yeah. because of what they were dealing with. Yeah. That's not something you can actually do very well in a in a PG thirteen family action film. Yeah. But I like that it it felt a, a bit more uh, meaningful or or relevant mm -hmm. than some other things. Uh, you can have you know this mad titan coming who wants to collect a bunch of stones and blink out existence. I get the conflict of that, right? But then when you're when you're showing all these little girls in a crate screaming yeah. as soldiers take them somewhere, and you know this happens in the world, right? That brings a different of a, a very human level of of horror and and conflict into your film and i admired it for doing that i mm. i don't know if that's the right issue to use because you can't 
again, in a PG-13 Marvel movie, do anything with that. It's not like you can actually dig in and talk about, let's talk about the slave trade. Let's talk about the sex slave trade. Well, let's talk about the Me Too movement is in right. there too, which I, I appreciated all that yeah. in there. But it, it, I mean, it comes so late in the film, it almost felt not like an afterthought, but it was just like, I wish it was somehow a little more tied into it. Well, and I, I think, you know, I kept feeling that choice between like you're saying the the mechanics of the film yeah. the strings and what you've got to get done to accomplish the plot and these these larger things that they were just brushing against mm-hmm. and to stop and really deal with those things and make a meaningful character study you're going to lose your general audience right and to roll headlong into the action well you're just another action film and you you haven't really meant anything mm-hmm. or made any sort of statement so I, I could feel that struggle for balance there. I, I don't think they, they hit it quite perfectly. Right. It just, it was something where like, we have something really important to say and explosions. Yeah. Especially, I mean, by the end, it's just like, do we need, this is something that kind of bothers me a little bit in all of these smaller Marvel films where something really big and catastrophic happens in that would be in the real world like the end of this film where they're blowing up this like flying fortress mm-hmm. i mean in none of the other marvel characters are attracted to this event but it's just like oh yes this happened i mean i i guess so in the in a world where there's aliens come yeah. in to wipe out all of existence oh, oversized spacecraft fall out of the sky yeah it's it's thursday yeah but so like it always feels like it shouldn't be I feel like maybe the um, Ant-Man movies balanced mm-hmm. out a little bit better. Yeah, I agree. Um, it felt it felt the scale was yeah. at, at the right uh, – the stakes were the right place for the scale yeah, of, of right. the story. Yeah, so I feel like this was the, – the stakes at the end of this film were so large. It's like I yeah. can't believe this uh, totally wasn't, I don't know, a bigger event in the world. Mm-hmm. Well, and it was earned, I think, in Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, you have this very big thing that it builds to. Yeah. And you have these ships crashing and they're going to annihilate all these people. But you're dealing with the revelation that Hydra is at the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. This is just, oh, this guy that we thought was dead is alive and he's running this ring of assassins. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. I don't think that elevates to the point of needing a flying fortress yeah it just needed a place where this is the red room we're infiltrating it we're freeing these girls we're killing this guy and we're dealing with taskmaster mm-hmm. and that that would have been plenty and yeah you get the one or two shots of of the kind of fight while falling right yeah but i saw those in the trailer yeah and so it wasn't exciting at all when it finally popped up because they're not doing anything that much in addition to what was already seen. Right. Yeah. So, but I, I enjoyed it. I would recommend it. And I liked that it seems to to be very aware of the fact that, okay, black widow, Scarlett Johansson's character, Natasha has died in mm-hmm. Endgame, And so it was much more about introducing these other characters that are going to kind of carry on that story legacy. It, it wrapped her character up nicely and it introduced the next Black Widow, which in the comics is is similar with Yelena. Mm-hmm. And I I thought it introduced enough characters there that I wanted to see them pop up and more. I'd be very surprised if we get a movie with them. But <laughs> yeah. it where it left is perfect for a Disney Plus series. Right, right. I mean, give me six episodes of uh, Yelena and Alexi 
running missions and squabbling the whole time, but singing "Bye Bye Miss American Pie" every now and then. I'm <laughs> I'm good with it. Just I'm good. Yeah. So. I mean, fun. at this point, I mean, Marvel, like the films are such a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Like, I mean, even the lesser ones, like, I mean, it's still enjoyable to watch, even if like, I still have fun in them, but it's just like, at this point, uh, like. I hope as they're really exploring this multiverse idea, I hope they go full force and five years from now, if they have a great idea that just needs artistic merit and doesn't need to tie into every other film, they can just green light it. Like, right. Yeah, that's a great Iron Man project. Do it. Yeah. And and we'll just call it something else. It doesn't it's not one of the main you know prime storyline kind mm-hmm. of things, but that's a great idea. Go and make something that looks and feels amazing. Yeah. And so I I feel like it's headed in that direction, but uh I hope they really lean into that and kind of have their main movies that that are beholden to each other and then other one-offs that are just you know, let's see what we can do here. If if we just gave you a sandbox to play in, and I did you see the what if trailer for Disney Plus? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, and I'm I'm hoping that's what they're using that for to experiment with the idea of, you know, what if what if we just wanted to tell a story mm-hmm. that's that's a good story, regardless of how it connects to everything else. Right. I mean, I feel like that's the nice thing about this the uh series the mm-hmm. uh, disney plus yeah like where they're doing six episodes and can do some weird things i mean like loki right now i think that was another thing watching this i am I really like loki did you Lo- watch episode five of oh loki? yeah <laughs> i'm like it's very rare where i'm very on top of something yeah. like i have to watch the day it comes out um but i'm like that is hitting all my itches for things because i love like weird science fiction like they i really put an alligator yes and it wasn't just a visual joke no they come back to that alligator the whole episode and i loved it i love the alligator oh. and it's almost like i was thinking why do i love this so much it's almost like a baby yoda yep it's almost a baby yoda but it's so much better and well yep. done and i love it yep and it's so funny when when that alligator bit the hand off of the one Loki yeah. and he screams <laughs> I was just rolling I just this is oh yeah it was so much fun I know and it's one like Jenny really loves it too mm-hmm. and like most of the time she like will enjoy a Marvel film but like mm-hmm. not where she's like really excited to watch it and this one like so going into Black Widow is just like had that to contend with where yeah. I'm like oh, I just really want to watch Loki right now <laughs> because it's yeah. like it's all like I love weird science fiction like that's why I like the Guardians movies yeah. like those are my favorite out of all, all of them and uh so yeah, it's just okay. I was thinking about that the entire time. Well, I, I feel like I would probably recommend it a little more if if you love Marvel movies and you're just you're ready to eat up all Marvel movies, uh, you're going to enjoy it more. But it 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 was it was worth watching. It had yeah, some good I don't stuff have. Yeah, I liked it, okay. but, but I don't know. I'm just going to be. <laughs> I loved it. I watched it two in one day, and I, I just I can go watch it again. I, I I'm glad. I don't know what's wrong with me, Clint. You really love Marvel. That's, I really, really do. You really love but it. But so much of it is I read so many Marvel comics as a kid that there's this whole layer of I'm familiar with the elements 
and they are remixing them, but they're doing it at such a high level. You referenced that well-oiled machine. They're doing it in such creative, inventive ways Mm -hmm. that I just enjoy part of my brain just enjoys and is engaged by what are they going to do with this character? What are they going to do with this character? Because they are not afraid to just go off the beaten path or to combine characters under a different character's name or just to gender flop somebody or, or switch things around. And so the whole time I'm watching my brains, remembering reading all these characters and here are these just new versions. And, and so I enjoy that. I think that's part of what keeps me so enamored, even when it gets generic. I think one of my things is that continuously keeps my guard up a little bit, uh, even about most superhero things is superhero things have become a little bit like sports to me, where like growing up, I was always turned off by people talking about sports because Mm -hmm. it just felt like on the outside of that. And I feel that way with comic book stuff now, Hmm. where there's a lot of people it's nerd sports and that's <laughs> nerd sports. where like they know all the information about it. Cause, yeah. and you never make me feel this way at all. Good. Good. I'm glad. And, um, try but, to make you feel safe. Yeah. No, like you know, like it's just about some people talk about it and they know all the backstories and the, cause they've read all the comics and I feel on the outside of it. Mm-hmm. So I just go into it like, yeah, I don't, don't know that. <laughs> I don't. And it makes me, maybe it's a personal issue. Right, maybe. Do you maybe understand? you just need to read more comic books, Clint. I don't think that will happen either. Yeah. All right. Well. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes total okay. sense. I I definitely get it. That's that, that's the flip side of what I was trying to explain. It's, yeah. there's, there's this layer there that, this additional layer that I get because of all right. of the history with it. Yeah. And if somebody doesn't have that layer... And all you're left with is a movie. I I can definitely see where there's less excitement or superhero fatigue or people just getting tired of, oh, another Marvel movie. Who mm-hmm. cares? Yeah. I get that. So, okay. I don't know. All right. Well, our next movie is Werewolves Within, and that is by director Josh Rubin. It's actually based on a PlayStation game. Yeah. <laughs> of all things. It's an interactive kind of party game. I want to say this is the best video game adaptation 100%. ever. <laughs> 100%. I jump right ahead. I I very much agree with you. Uh, it's not that it's, you know, just this incredible, mind-blowing film. It's a lot of fun. But, yeah, it's based on a video game, and it it's fun. It's about uh, this snowstorm that traps town residents together inside the local inn where newly arrived forest ranger Finn and postal worker Cecily must try to keep the peace and uncover the truth behind a mysterious creature that has begun terrorizing the community. Clint, what would you think of Werewolves Within? I really enjoyed Werewolves Within. I mean, I was kind of aware of it coming out because, I mean, I love Sam Richardson. Sam Richardson is so much fun in everything he's (laughs) in. Everything, yeah. Um, I all like anytime he pops up, I'm like that. It grabs my attention. So I was aware of it coming out. I didn't really know anything about it. I was like Sam Richardson werewolf movie. That sounds fun. And then you texted me. You're like, have you watched this yet? And that's uh, usually my hint at, at y- you should. Yeah. Maybe for good or bad reasons, but it always... Not usually for bad. <laughs> usually if I'm texting you, it's because, yeah, you know. Well, sometimes if it's really bad. Well, that's true. But then usually you say, like, it's really bad. <laughs> and I want to talk about it because it's so bad. Yeah. But um, so I was uh, excited to watch it um, just knowing Sam Richardson was in it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just super fun. Yeah. 
um, throughout. It's really funny. It's got a really good cast, like supporting cast of characters, like people you really zany characters. Yeah, yeah, that are a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of actors you've probably like seen in bit parts and things or comedy things, and this uh, all stuck together in this. Uh, werewolf movie so i was really excited enjoyed it this is the first movie that i feel like is inspired by clue the yeah, movie yeah yeah and really hits kind of that same it it it's not a carbon copy by any means but it has that same here's some eccentric characters they're in this situation and they're trying to figure out this mystery and they're bumbling around trying to do it and it it really without mimicking kind of hit those same notes as as clue and I just I had a blast with this movie. Yeah, it was it was so much fun. It genuinely kept me guessing for the most part. I started to to kind of figure out where it was going, but it was just it was fun along the way mm. to to see what they were going to do. And even though you start to get a sense of who is the werewolf uh, at, at one point, there's still so many times just some random character is suddenly pointing a gun at somebody, or somebody <laughs> is getting angry, or taking a shot at something, or it just, I, I kept laughing out loud so much with this. Well, I totally gave up on the werewolf part of it because I just started believing that it's just a group of idiots who think there's a werewolf yeah. and that they're just going to kill each other. <laughs> and so and I really stopped looking for it yeah. by the end. And, and see that opening scene where, where the guy gets killed in the forest. If it weren't for that, I would have been right there with you. But I was, I was thinking there has to be a werewolf because I saw that guy at the beginning get killed by something. Yeah, I was, I was waiting for it just like a like it was a bear or something. Yeah. So I, but I think that's a testament to how good the actors are yeah. and how funny it was. That I, I was like, oh, the werewolf thing. It's fun watching them try to um, figure it out and are tearing each other apart. And, um, but that was the least uh, interesting part by the end to me. But I did like where it went, and um, it kind of had a knives out feel to me. Like yeah. Yeah, it, it reminded yeah. me of that. Also, I I don't know if you've seen this little um, indie sci-fi from I think it came out last year, but it was called um, Save Yourselves. Did you ever see that? Save Yourselves. It's ringing a bell, but it's not. It's about a couple who go um, decide to kind of give up their smartphones for a weekend, and they go out into the woods to this cabin. And while they're there, this they don't know it because they don't have their phones. But an alien invasion happens, and it's it's a comedy. It's just off the wall comedy, like very similar yeah. in tone to this. And it's just these bumbling idiots. And the, one of the funniest things about it, not ruining it at all, it's in the trailer, but like the aliens are these like adorable little puff balls, <laughs> like look like like little balls. And you're just a very unassuming. And uh, but it's highly, I really recommend it. Okay, like, what was it called? Save Yourselves. It's okay. on Hulu. I'll have to so, check that out. Yeah, I think you would really enjoy it. Okay. But it's just a really small little indie sci-fi comedy. But I, yeah, I um, I don't know how much to say about this film because I don't want to give away it, yeah, what happens. Yeah. But it's thoroughly fun. I mean, it's just really fun. Well, let me talk about Sam Richardson for a second. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure my first encounter with him, it was Veep. Yeah. And he pops up in the later seasons and becomes an assistant to Jonah and all of this. Mm -hmm. And he just instantly became one of my favorite characters. And there is something about... Uh, and and you could call him a little more one note because he always plays the the awkward nice guy, mm -hmm. but he there's subtleties there. He's oh, really yeah. in control of his craft and his face, 
and his delivery, his timing is just, he's off timing, but he does it in such an intentional way that man, the laughs land. And sometimes he'll just be talking and suddenly be interrupted. And what you hear him mumble under his breath or just, or or one of those little things, you really get uh, this sense of character with him and, and a sense of, of just, this is a nice guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Not too nice, but he's just – this is a nice person who does not have what it takes to go up against necessarily awful people in this world. <laughs> and he's just he's, – he's, he's cut from a different cloth. He is a different breed. And I, I love that. It's such a fish-out-of-water kind of feeling mm-hmm. with all of his characters and all of his performances. I love it. Well, I mean, in this, I mean, he's a fish out of water, but it feels like almost like he's always been the fish out of yep. water because he's just that guy yep. and that doesn't fit in anywhere with anybody because most people are awful. Um, but also I've seen him in so, like I probably most things he's done. Like, have you watched Detroiters with him? Mm-mm. Another film or it was a series, two seasons, I think, maybe two or three with Tim Robinson from um, I Think You Should Leave mm-hmm. where He's kind of the same character. They're two best friends who run this um, family uh, ad agency, Mm -hmm. and they're such good friends. But you can see the subtlety of like outside of that friendship, he's can be an ass. (laughs) And it's really funny when he is because it's it's really warranted when he is. And um, yeah, he's been slowly growing into one of my favorite comedic actors. I was already enjoying this movie, but the the scene very early on where he's he's falling in love with the girl mm-hmm. and she's asking about his ex-girlfriend and you know, he's he's just trying to explain how uh, they're not really on a break and they're still talking all this. And she just peppers him with three or four yeah, so very direct together. questions. So you're not living together. You're not talking. Mm-hmm. And and he says, yes. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, oh, we're broken up, aren't we? And it was that delivery of, oh, we're broken up, aren't we? That just so attached me to him. It, yeah. it just, it was great. Yeah. Milana Vantrub. Yeah. She was in like the Verizon commercials. Yep. So it was really fun seeing her in actual like role. I know she had done like comedic stuff, yeah. like smaller things years ago, but yeah. like it's fun seeing that she'll maybe she'll get some more roles. She was really endearing, yeah. like genuinely endearing. Yeah. I was rooting for the two of them. I know, me too. The whole movie. And and I enjoyed rooting for them because they were just this sweet everybody else in this town yeah. is so awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That these two were this this little bright light of, ooh, I hope these kids make it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I, I did too. And even, um, one of my small critiques was like how quickly they get together because it's like the first day and she, like, yeah. they're about to make out and it's just like, that's eh, a little, but cool. I think they do a good job justifying they that. do, but it's, I think they do it very naturally, but mm-hmm. it still felt quick, <laughs> but it, it, that's a small thing. And yeah. I, I, I watched this twice in one yeah, day because yeah. I watched it. And I was like, Jenny, I think you need to watch this. And she thoroughly enjoyed it too. That's what I did too. Yeah. I watched it once and then drugged the family in for the second watch. Yeah. She was actually in like a, she had got home from work, was a, in kind of a bad mood, just a long day. Perfect. And she was like, oh, yeah. sometimes she's questionable about watching a movie just because she's, I don't know, after mm-hmm. a long day. And, uh, she was like, thank you for making me watch that. It really turned my mood around. So I, was, yeah. I felt good. Yeah. Yeah. Just if you need a smile, this will definitely bring a smile to your face. Yeah. I agree. It is the best video game adaptation movie, although you would never know this was adapted from video game. Yeah. I, for some ever. reason, I thought it was like a 
role-playing game or something maybe i'm thinking of something maybe it else. was before that maybe just playstation had a version of it yeah yeah i don't know yeah um yeah actually now that you say that i do remember reading that it was more of a like one of those games you could play with friends almost like a clue like kind mm-hmm. of game but i'm not 100 percent sure yeah i'm not either well it looks like we have run through a bunch of time mm-hmm. we don't quite have time for Cinetron, so let's push our Cinetron pick from last week to uh, let's just do another episode okay and uh then um, well there's a couple of other space related films on netflix do okay. you think we should just do like since Cinetron gave us that one maybe the others that kind of tie into it yeah i'm good with it okay i'm good with it yeah i don't know how good the quality of them are but i don't know be, but <laughs> but fun. i have been dying to do uh just just call it netflix in space <laughs> so uh, uh, I'm, I'm good with whatever. So yeah, we will, we'll have the next two weeks. We'll have an episode up each week and, uh, lucky know. you, lucky you crazy kids, man. Yeah. Crazy kids. Anyway, follow us on Instagram. Cause that's a thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we put movie posters and art and all kinds of stuff up there. You'll like us. It's good. Follow us. Never and then you find it. out when there's a new, you don't have to look at it, Clint. <laughs> I I got this figured out. Good. I'm the media mogul oh. of the two. I'll set Scottish the Land Baron and media mogul. Man, you got it all going on. I do. I do. And that's I'm where really slacking. That's where all the money for this studio comes from. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This has been episode 30 of Cinebabble. Uh, glad as always to have you listening. And uh, you know, find a friend, drag them in, and make them listen to this craziness too. Not because... too forcibly. No, not too That's forcibly. Kidnapping. I'm not talking about trafficking anybody. I'm just talking about listen to our podcast. Jeez, Clint. I don't know. You went as dark as Black Widow, just as quick. I don't know what kind of lord you are. You might even <laughs> be really dark. All right. Well, this has been episode 30. Enjoy your week. Adios. <laughs> I said adios again. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>